you have your Bibles with you, please turn to Genesis chapter 45. And this is the last week of our series, Dreamer. Uh, we've been going through looking at the life of, life of Joseph. And as we've been doing that, we've been looking at the idea that God has a plan and a purpose for every single person. That he's put a dream inside of your heart about the destiny that he's called you to. For every single person on the face of the earth. You're uniquely and wonderfully made. But before you can enter into the fullness of God's plan for your life and fulfill everything that he created you to do, there are a series of tests of your heart. There are character tests that you have to go through. And as you pass these things, it enables you to move into the fullness of God's destiny for you. And the last one that we're looking at, and really the last test that there is in this, is called the purpose test. And it's did you discover what the purpose of your life was? And if we look at Joseph, we see now kind of some backstory on what's been going on with him is for 22 years now, he's been living in Egypt. It was 22 years previous to what we're about to read in Genesis 45 that he was sold into slavery by his brothers and he lived as a slave and then in a dungeon for 13 years and then in one moment he was elevated from the dungeon to being second in command over all of Egypt. And now it's been nine years of reigning and ruling over Egypt, administering all of the affairs. It's been seven years of incredible prosperity, and they've been saving food, getting ready for the famine that's about to come. And now they're two years into the actual famine when Joseph's brothers, who he's had no contact with for this entire time, they show up because there's no food where they're at. Everybody's coming to Egypt now from all over the Middle East because the entire area has just been destroyed by famine. The only people that have food is Joseph and the Egyptians. So his brothers come, and they don't even know that this is Joseph. They just see the second in command over Egypt, and they don't think, that's my little brother that we sold into slavery a long time ago. And they come before him, and Joseph sees his brothers. He still recognizes his family. And as he sees them, it says that it stirs up a remembrance inside of him. It says, Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them. So remember, when he was a 17-year-old kid, the reason his family hated him so much was because he had a dream that his family came to him and they bowed down before him. And now he's looking out and he's seeing his family have all come before him and they're all bowed down before him and it strikes up that remembrance. He says, wait a minute, this is that dream that God gave me. And something clicks inside of him. And then we read in 45 where he reveals himself to his brothers after finally understanding the purpose of the dream. In 45, verses 3 through 8, it says, And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. Dismayed at his presence. That's been like every blind date that I ever went on. They didn't speak, they were just dismayed at my presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, please. And they came near, and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve you. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. So what's happened is now Joseph has figured out what his purpose in life was. He was called to be someone that would save his family. That God had arranged and orchestrated all of these things in his life, leading him to his purpose. 
And there are four keys, really, to finding and discovering what your purpose is in life. If you want to get to the point someday where you're able to look back and say, I have entered into the purpose for which I was born. And there are four things that are really instrumental in you getting to that point. And the first one is that you have to believe you have a purpose. That's the truth. You have a purpose. I'm not up here just trying to be a motivational, self-help, uh, encourage you kind of guy. It's not just lying to you to get money. You really do have a purpose in life. And God is a purposeful God. Everything that he creates has a purpose. When you look at all of creation, there's nothing without purpose. Now, me being a skeptical kind of guy, when I came to this realization some years ago, I was thinking about, God, does everything really have a purpose? What about mosquitoes? What on earth is the purpose of the mosquito? And so I actually uh, hopped online and I Googled it and I found some research that different people had done. And they found out that if it wasn't for mosquitoes, the entire ecosystems all around the world would crash because mosquitoes make up the largest part of the biomass of any ecosystem around the world. They are the food for everything else. So there you go, mosquitoes have a purpose. I still don't like them, but I guess I'm kind of glad that there are some mosquitoes. Or, if you look at it, you can just look at something, and when you look at it, you can discover and say, this was designed for something. There's a purpose to this. Now, if I hold up this for all of you, this object, <laughs> there's a purpose to this. There are a lot of things you could do with it. You could use it as a walking stick, but it doesn't pick up very well. You could use it as a chalice from which to drink. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that either. You could use it as, if you're bald, a, a beanie that will finally stay in place on windy days. There are a lot of things that you could use this for, but there is a primary purpose for which it was created and for which it was designed. And the same is true for you. For every single person, there is a purpose for your life. There is something that you were uniquely designed for, and he's put gifts and abilities and talents and skills inside of you that will all help lead you into the purpose for which he's created you. And then number two, you have to understand that God is in control. Now, if anybody ever had reason to doubt this, say, God, are you really in control? It was Joseph. Because ever since he had that dream that God gave him of where he was going to be exalted and his family was going to bow down before him, things have gone from bad to worse. If you look at his life, it does not look like God is leading him into a purpose. How many times do you think he was sitting there in that pit waiting for his brothers to kill him? He's like, all right, God's going to make me second in command over Egypt. I'm right on the way to it. Or as he's a slave in Egypt, or when he's thrown into the dungeon, he could have been sitting there and thinking, my purpose, my dream that God has given me will never be fulfilled in my life because things have gotten out of control. Because other people with bad intent have exercised their authority over me and now they're blocking me and keeping me from walking into the purpose for which I was created. Joseph had lots of moments, I'm sure, where he was sitting there as a prisoner, as a slave, and where Satan came to him and said, that dream God gave you, that's not going to happen. That's an impossibility for you now. You've messed it up. Or someone else has messed it up for you. Look at the situation you're in. How do you think that you could possibly see the fulfillment of your dream based on what's been happening to you? Maybe even based on what you've done. But it comes down to this. In Genesis 45, 5, Joseph said, And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve you. Joseph didn't despair. 
Joseph wasn't a pessimist. He didn't blame other people. He didn't even get mad at his brothers about it. Because even though he didn't understand everything that was going on in his life, he didn't understand the reasons behind it. He didn't know where his life was leading him. But he knew that God was the one that held his destiny in his hands. And he knew that God alone was the one that would be able to lead him into that destiny. He knew that there was no man that could keep you from walking into your destiny, and there was also no man that could promote you into your destiny. God alone is the one that can do that in you. And that's what's coming out of realizations. Do you believe that God is really in control? Because when you believe that God is really in control of your situations, your circumstances, and your destiny, then you will never find yourself in the place of where you give up on that dream he put inside of your heart. And you'll be able to look at the difficult things that happen around you, and you'll still be able to have hope. I love the verse, Romans 8.28. Probably most of you memorize this in Sunday school, if you went to Sunday school. It says, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So if you're one of those that loves God and you're called according to his purpose, he is going to use everything that happens in your life to lead you into that purpose. It doesn't say some of the things that happen to you God will use. It says all of the things. The good things that happen, God's going to use. The bad things that happen, he's going to still use for good inside of your life. Now, I'm not saying that God causes bad things to happen. That's not how I view God. That's not the God I see in the Bible. But what happens is he's able to take the things that someone uses to try to destroy you, preserve you through it, and then use that experience to farther you down the path towards your destiny. Uh, my uh, friend Chris, who was up here on stage, telling everybody to take a chance. Um, you know, I look at his life, and he's had some incredible, incredibly difficult things happen to him. One of the really cool things that I love about him is that he's here in Ann Arbor. Because this isn't where he's from, but he spent a lot of time here as a child. So if you guys saw his testimony video, you know that he had leukemia for three years. He was fighting leukemia. And he was at Mott's Children's Hospital. And he was there, and he was on his deathbed, and his parents said goodbye to him a couple different times. And one elderly gentleman came in and stopped by and said, you mind if I pray with your son? And he prayed with him. And he began to be healed. I mean, it was in a week that he was out of the hospital. It was just a miraculous turnabout that occurred inside of him. Did God give Chris leukemia? Absolutely not. But was God able to use something as horrible and as life-destroying as that disease to bring about good inside of his life? Yes, because now... He's in the community. He's come back to the city where Satan tried to kill him. And now he goes into the hospital and he meets with the sick and he prays with them. He prays for healing. He's able to be an encouragement to the kids that are suffering like he suffered because he says, I went through this and look what God's done inside of my life and he can do it in yours. He's able to go to the parents and to give them encouragement and tell them the testimony of what God's done inside of him. Satan tried to destroy Chris, but God preserved him and gave him a platform and used that horrible thing to propel him into the destiny that he was called to. And that's where his heart's at. Isn't that amazing that God can use the most horrible circumstances in your life to lead you into what you've been called to do? There truly is nothing that can keep you from God's call on your life. There is nothing that can keep you from the purposes and the destiny that he has for you because he is the God who is in control. He is the God who is seated on high. All power, all authority are in Jesus. And there is nothing that can defeat him. And then the third thing that you have to do is you have to discover your gift and your direction. 
Now, discovering your gift is really key to discovering what your purpose is. Now, God's given you gifts and abilities. There are things that he's deposited inside of you, not your own doing. It's just what God decided to give you and how he decided to make you that will be a part of leading you into the purpose for which he created you. He didn't give you gifts for no reason or that you don't need or that will lead you away from his purpose for your life. They all lead you to it. Proverbs 18.16 says this, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. And Joseph saw this happen in his life. Joseph was a leader. He had the gift of leadership, and everywhere that he went, he was a leader. When he was a slave in Potiphar's house, he was a leader. Potiphar recognized that gift inside of him. The gift made room for him, and he became the head of Potiphar's household. When he was thrown in a dungeon... The jailer recognized that Joseph was a leader. He was leading the other prisoners. And so he was elevated after they recognized his gift and made the head of the jail. And then when Pharaoh got a hold of him, he recognized that he was a leader. And so that gift made a way for him to walk into his destiny, being the second in command over all of Egypt. The gift of leadership in him made room for him to be brought before great people. He didn't apply for jobs. He didn't say, I want to be the the head slave or the head jailer. He didn't apply to be the head of overall of Egypt. He didn't have any references. He just had a gift that God put inside of him. And as he used that gift, it promoted him into the fullness of God's calling on his life. So it's really important that you find out what your gift is. And in Romans chapter 12, it lists the different gifts. One of them is prophecy. If you had the gift of prophecy, a lot of times what you're doing is you're going and you're calling people back to Jesus. You're calling them to live a life according to God's will and his plan for them. And a lot of times you will have words that God gives you to deliver to other people. There's a gift of exhortation. That means that you're an encourager. That means that the primary way that when you see that there's a problem, you go and you just begin to encourage the person. You tell them that they can do it, that they can overcome this, that Jesus is for them. You might have the gift of serving, and the word there uh, translated is literally attendant, that you're someone, that your passion and the way that you like to operate in life is you're just a servant. You come alongside people. You help them out in any way that you can. There's a gift of teaching. If you're a teacher, you just love teaching. You love seeing other people grow and learn how to do things. It's the way that you interact with people. If you have the gift of leadership, it means that you're really good at leading people, having a vision and helping a group of people move towards that vision. If you have the gift of mercy, it means that you are someone who is filled with compassion for other people. And these are all incredible gifts, and you need to look at it and say, what is the gift that I have? Because when you begin to see these gifts in action as a church, you see all the different gifts come together. It's really cool to see how God uses that. And if you ever see a problem in the church, you will see the different people, their different giftings, they will pop up and they'll start doing stuff. Like, if I had a, a, someone that lost their job, you'd see people in the church as they heard about that. You'd have the prophet, they'd be going over, maybe saying, remember God's goodness and his faithfulness. God is for you and he's going to promote you. He's going to lead you into something even better. You'd have the person that's uh, an ex- exhortation person. They're coming up and they're saying, don't worry, we're going to get through this. The better days are ahead of you, all that kind of stuff. You'll find someone that's a servant. And they're, you know, they're cooking meals and they're saying, can I come over and mow your lawn for you, do some housework, watch the kids, how is it that I can help you? You'll find someone that has the gift of giving and they're just pulling out their wallet and saying, well, how much money do you need? Let's, let's take up an offering for them. Let's call some of my other friends. Let's help you out, take care of your bills until you can find something new. And then the mercy person, they'll be over there in the corner crying, writing out a Hallmark card for them. 
and just giving them really big hugs and saying, we're going to get through this together. But all of those gifts are beautiful gifts, and these are all gifts that will point you in the direction of the purpose that God has for your life. So if you want to know what it is, like the direction that you're supposed to go in life, then you have to look at your gift. And when you discover what your gift is, you need to begin to start using that wherever it is that you're at, because that will give you direction. For me, my gift is teaching. I love teaching. I've always been a teacher. When I was a little kid, I mean, I remember I learned how to tie my shoes, so what do I do? I want to teach my little sister how to tie her shoes. Every other kid I met how to tie their shoes. I learned how to skip rocks, so what I do? I wanted to teach everybody how to skip rocks. It didn't matter what it was. As soon as I figured something out, I wanted to go and to teach other people how to do that thing. That's what I was passionate about. Teaching energizes me. It gets me excited when I get to teach. And that has then given me direction. So I was teaching long before I was a pastor. I was teaching kids, and then um, I remember... Uh, teaching all my friends all through life and then leading small groups and teaching in there, Sunday school, kids ministry, uh, Bible college, all different kinds of things until eventually getting here. But that passion and that gift of teaching that God gave me gave me a direction in which I was to go to in life. And that's what we all have to figure out is what is that gift and what is the direction that that gift is pointing me in. But you also have to remember that you, you don't just wait until you get to the fullness of your destiny before you start using that gift. You have to start using that gift wherever it is that you're at. Joseph didn't wait to start leading until he was second in command over Egypt. He started leading people wherever he was. There's probably nobody in the pit, but if someone had been in that pit with him, he would have been leading them as well. Everywhere he went, from the jail to the the Potiphar's house to over Egypt, he was always a leader. And it was that leadership gift that led him into the destiny that he had. I meet people all the time that hate their jobs. And they think that this job is keeping me from God's purpose in my life, that God is leading me somewhere else. He's taking me far away from this. And if I could just get out of this and into this other job, then I would really be living for Jesus and doing what it was that I've been called to do. But that's not true. You're called to use your gift wherever it is that you are right now. My first job was cleaning toilets at a summer camp. These weren't nice bathrooms. These were bad, and like that plunger, I've used, I'm good at twirling those things. I mean, I know how to use a plunger, because I had a really unfun job. But you know what? I had a blast at my job, because I used my gift. My gift isn't plunging toilets. Nobody's gift is plunging toilets. That's not a motivational gift for you. We look at things like you think, oh, that musician, if I could just play piano or sing like they do. Well, that's a gift that they have, but that's not their primary gifting. That's not the motivational gifting that's going to lead you into the destiny that God's called you to. That's one of these things that were listed in Romans. So while I was plunging toilets, I had a great time because I used my gift. I taught other people better plunging techniques. I taught people how to do all sorts of cleaning things. And then when I didn't have that to do, I teach people about philosophy or about music, quadratic equation. I love that. I love telling people about quadratics. That gets me excited. And I don't know why, but I just love teaching people. And that gift continued to give me direction. Everywhere I went in life, I used that gift, and it continued to bring me up and to make room for me at different places until I got to where I am now. And that'll continue to happen in my life. As I continue to use that gift, God will continue to lead me more fully into his purpose for my life. So you have to figure out what it is that your gift is and allow that to give you your direction. Joseph never set out to be second in command over Egypt. He just used this gift, and that's where God led him to. 
I never set out to plant a church. I never wanted to be a pastor. That's about the last thing I ever would have wanted to do. I wanted to be a rock star. That didn't work out so well. But God has led me to the place that I was supposed to be because I discovered the gift that he gave me and I began to use it and allowed it to give me direction in my life. Now, here's the other thing is, people say, well, how do I know what my purpose is? Are there specifics to my purpose? The answer to that is yes, there absolutely are. Joseph was called to be second in command over Egypt. That's pretty specific about what his purpose was. People say, well, how do I get to figure out what my purpose is? Or how do I know when I'm there? Well, the answer is you can't know it until you get there. There are specifics to your purpose but you don't get to know those until after you've done it. Joseph didn't know what his purpose was to provide for his family and thousands and thousands of other people. It says that it, he realized it all of a sudden as he was doing that. He's like, oh my goodness, now I see that this was my purpose in life. And that's the way it is for everybody. You don't, your gifting doesn't tell you the fullness of what your purpose in life is. It just gives you a direction. And as you start going in that direction, God is faithful to lead you into the fullness of what he's called you to do. He has a plan for you. There are specifics, and you will get to know it one day. You just have to keep being faithful and using that gift that he's put in you. One of my favorite examples of this from history is a man, um, you've all heard of him, but at the age of 22, he failed in business. At the age of 23, he ran for legislature and was defeated. At 24, he started another business, and it failed. At 25, he was elected to the legislature. At 26, his wife passed away. At 27, he had a nervous breakdown. At 29, he was defeated for Speaker of the House. At 31, he was defeated for Congress. At 37, he was elected for Congress. At 39, he was again defeated for Congress. At 46, he was defeated for a Senate seat. At 47, he was defeated for Vice President. At 49, he was defeated for the Senate. And at 51 years of age, Abraham Lincoln was elected President of the United States of America. After all of those defeats, but you know what Abraham knew? Was that his gift was leadership. Not just when he was a successful leader. He knew that was his gift. It gave him direction in his life, and he went after it. And it didn't matter how many times he failed. It didn't matter how many times people told him to give up, that this wasn't really his gift. He knew what his gift was. It gave him direction in his life, and he trusted God to lead him into the fullness of it. Now think about this. God's timing is awesome. If he had been elected earlier... He wouldn't have been there when we needed him the most. He wouldn't have been there to lead this nation through the only civil war that we've ever gone to. And he wouldn't be there to be the one that God would use to begin the process of healing the greatest sin that this nation's ever been a part of. Our defeats are crushing to us. But we can trust in knowing that Jesus is the one who has perfect timing. And our destiny isn't limited to our own, what we view as successes and failures. It's all a part of God's perfect plan. And he will lead you to where you need to be at the right place at the right time. You don't need to know what your purpose is. You'll find out after you fulfill it. You just need to know what that gift is. You need to let it give you direction. And you need to just charge after it regardless of the cost regardless of what other people say, regardless of the circumstances around you. Your job isn't to judge if you're successful or a failure in using your gift. God will do that. Your job is just to be faithful and to continue to pursue God and use that gift that he put inside of you. And then the last thing is that you have to set your course and be faithful. 
Faithfulness is the key to every one of these tests that we've looked at. Joseph was faithful in everything that he did. He was faithful in being humble. He was faithful with his finances. He was faithful in serving other people. He was faithful in using the gift that God had given him. And every single person that God uses greatly in his kingdom, more than anything else, is a faithful person. It's not that you have to be gifted. It's not that you have to be skilled or well thought of. You just have to be faithful. So whatever storm you walk through in life, you just say, God, I don't understand everything that's going on around me. I don't understand why I see what I see. But I believe that I do have a purpose. I believe that you are in control. I believe that you have given me a gift and I'm going to allow that to give me direction and I'm going to be faithful, God. I'm going to come after you no matter what comes my way. See, God determines the direction of your life. There's a path that God has set for you and the only limiter in how far down that road you walk is your faithfulness. We can all be used greatly for the kingdom of God. We can all be world changers and history makers. We can all live out the fullness of the destiny for which God has created us for. We just have to be faithful. John Wesley, who was one of my heroes of the faith, I grew up Methodist and I love reading his journals. I have books full of his sermons that I love to read. He was just an incredible man that God used. He rode over 250,000 miles on horseback, preached to over a million people, led untold tens of thousands of people to the Lord. And in his journal, there's a, a period here that I'm, I'm going to share with you. It says, Sunday morning, May 5th, preached at St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday evening, May 5th, preached at St. John's, deacon, um, preached at St. John's, and a deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday morning, May 12th, preached at St. Jude's, can't go back there either. Sunday evening, May 12th, preached at St. George's, kicked out again. Sunday morning, May 19th, Preached at St. Somebody Else's. That's what he actually wrote. Deacons called special meeting and said, I can't return. Sunday evening, May 19th, preached on the street, kicked off the street. Sunday morning, May 26th, preached in a meadow, chased out of meadow as bull was turned loose during the service. Sunday morning, June 2nd, preached out of the edge of town, kicked off the highway. And then Sunday afternoon, June 2nd, that same day, preached in a pasture, 10,000 people came. John Wesley knew what his gift was. He didn't know his purpose, but he knew that gift. And it didn't matter what he saw, he was determined that he was going to set his course, saying, God, you've made me a teacher. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to teach about you. I'm going to preach the gospel. Everywhere I go, it doesn't matter if I'm kicked out, it doesn't matter if nobody shows up, it doesn't matter if I'm despised, I'm going to keep using this gift that you've gave me because I will be faithful to what you've called me to. And then in one instant, everything changed. Was it that he changed? No. So God promoted him, God lifted him up in a moment. We have to be a faithful people. You walking into the fullness of God's purpose for your life hinges on your faithfulness. You guys stand with me this morning as we close.
Let's just pray and let's ask God to speak to us this morning. God, we come before you and we're so thankful that you speak to us, that you aren't a far or distant God, that we don't have to just rely on our, our own abilities, but that you speak to us, that you give us direction. And so this morning, God, we ask that you would speak to our hearts. God, if anyone hasn't believed that they have a purpose in life, would you speak that to them now? Would you assure them that they were beautifully, that they were wonderfully made, that you've deposited gifts and skills inside of them for the purpose for which you created them? That there is something that only they can do that you've called them to. That they are so important in the kingdom of God. Maybe this morning you felt like things were out of control. That you couldn't walk into God's calling for your life because of something you've done or that something that's happened to you. This morning, God, would you speak to those hearts? Would you show them that you are the God who's in control and that you are the God who leads them into the fullness of their destiny? Or maybe this morning, you haven't recognized what your gift is or you haven't been allowing that gift to give you direction in life. Father, this morning, would you reveal the gift that you've deposited inside of every heart? And God, would you give them new and creative ways for how to use that gift right where they are now? Maybe this morning, you haven't been faithful in using that gift that God's given you. Maybe you've given up, you've stopped hoping, you've stopped believing. This morning, God, would you stir up in their hearts new hope, new belief. Would it become the most real thing that there is? And maybe this morning you're here and you're far from God and you want to know how it is that you can walk into that purpose. Well, the first and primary purpose that every single person has is that we were made to know God, to live in a relationship. You were made to be a son. You were made to be a daughter in the family of God. Well, the great tragedy of the human condition is that from our birth we were separated from our Father because of sin inside of our own hearts. But the God who created you for purpose also came and he reconciled you to himself through the death of Jesus on the cross. He bore every sin, every weight, all of the guilt and all of the shame. And by bearing that punishment for that on his body, he removed it all from you. And now when God looks at you, you're pure and you're spotless. There's nothing that's separating you from your Father anymore. You can run to Him. You can know God. All it takes is saying, Jesus, would you forgive me of my sins? Jesus, I submit myself to you. Would you be the Lord of my life? Would you guide me? Would you direct me? If that's you this morning and you want that kind of relationship with God, I encourage you, every eye is closed, you just raise your hand with me. As you're signing, saying, yes, God, that's me. I want all that you have for me. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That was you this morning. Let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your death on the cross. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I believe that you rose from the grave. And I believe that you give me new life. Would you send that life into me now? Would you remove every obstacle keeping me from you? Jesus, I want to know you. 
to live with that constant awareness of your presence in my life. Jesus, would you send the Holy Spirit into me? Jesus, I submit myself fully to you. Lead me and teach me to be an obedient child. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.